By the way, that OJ thing, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So, basically, this is what I want to start off with. Stop snitching on yourself. Stop stuff. Yeah. (laughs) The the moment I saw this thing, I was just like, Negro, are you crazy? Like, (laughs) what? Why would you ever think this would be something that you should do? You realize, like, you have, like, family that's, like, you have kids with this girl. It costs you absolutely nothing to just sit there and be quiet. Absolutely. He must have been really desperate for money. That's the only thing I could think of. I don't think so. After watching the 30 for 30, I honestly feel that he it's just part of his ego. He yeah, is someone that 30 who, for 30 was probably some of the best documentary I, I, I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it's it really blew me away. Just the depths of his character. Exactly. And that that's why whenever someone's like, well, like it's the money or you know blah 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 i'm just like no he did it because of his ego he literally and he can't just knows go. he can get away with it exactly and it's just like oh my god dude hey <laughs> you know what what do you think <sighs> now this is a wild theory yeah but do you think that oj simpson got get out <laughs> think about this think about this <laughs> OJ has acted with the same privilege as a white man his entire life. He's hung out with white people, dated a white woman. He lived in like the the ritziest place he could possibly live in. He's friends with he has no fear of the police at all. That's how I, that's why I'm thinking of this. <laughs> so you think OJ got get outed like in the early 80s? I don't know. Maybe maybe it even goes back to his college days. I don't know. But really I funny. think that if anyone were going to get get outed, like, he's the <laughs> dude. Uh, that would actually, not only would that be funny, but it would also, like, again, it would take away from the win. Because it's like, ah, man. <laughs> yeah, then it's just another white man got away with something. <laughs> <laughs> they just found a new way to get out of it. Man. <laughs> There's no stopping them. What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bruh Meets World. Well, it's Bruh Meets World. Your Boy Meets World fan cast. I'm Siege. And I am TC. All right, TC. I like literally, I want to count how many times you go by TC and how many times you go by T- Tony Curtis. <laughs> you know what? It's just how I feel on the day to day. You know what? I you like know, that. Some days I'm Shasha Fear, some days I'm Beyonce. I can't help Ah, it. there you go. Okay, getting into the episode. Um, you know what? Let's, let's get into our questions. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Questions. Absolutely love. Uh, in a new segment, I'm going to call You Better Ask Somebody. Y'all better ask somebody. Yeah, that's when we uh, read the questions that we've gotten from listeners. Uh, We have a new listener question. Uh, She kind of gave us a a bunch to choose from, so I kind of um, reworded it to fit now because she asked us what our favorite characters were in all of Boy Meets World, and we just haven't gotten... Like, we're still in season one. And Here's the thing, Siege. I did not know that we were limiting it to season one when I created my list. It literally said in the notes, limit to season one. I, I know, but I, I, I remember her initial question, and that's, like, that's what I made my answers. And Okay, okay, okay. Though that's what I wanted to do, but you can just go off of... What? Well, here's the thing. I think that we need to break it into main cast and side cast, because there's no way... That I can just pick, like you know what I mean. Like, well, that's what a, to, that's why it's a hard question. What are your top five favorites? 
By the way, you guys are totally seeing how we work this out because I literally gave him notes that said limit to season one. He ignored all of them. Well, I saw that you better ask somebody and I started working on the voice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Um, Um, So do you have yours? I have my answers for season one, but we can... Well, here's the thing. I, I separated mine from side characters to main characters and my main cast characters are in season one. So I can just do that. Okay, okay, okay. So first of all, to go back a little bit, uh, this is from listener Elena. Um, so thank you for writing in. And she what's wrote, up, "What's up, girl?" As we said, she wrote, "Who are your top favorite five? Sorry, top five favorite characters." Um, and we're going to limit this to season one for now, and then we can uh, revisit this question again when we get to later seasons. All right, let's do it. All right, you go. Go ahead. All right. Well, um, are we starting from number five or number? Does it are we? Does it matter the order? Uh, yeah. Start five and then work your way up to one. All right. Well, um, fifth place. You know what? I'm not. It was Eric, but now that I have to like condense to season one, <laughs> I I. I don't think Eric's going to make my list. I think Jason gets my number five spot. Jason. Jason gets your number five spot. Nice. All yeah, right. Totes. Um, oh, number. Oh, you, you're number five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My actually number five. Uh, you're not going to like this, but because of the season, number five is actually just Topanga. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's I mean, she's my number four. So. All right. So, yeah, that my number four is Amy. Oh, Amy. Um, Yeah. I, I no, yeah, you're right. Amy's great. I don't. I wish we saw more of her. Yeah, I think that's why she's probably not on, on my list, just because I didn't see enough of her character. But she is great. We love Amy. Like, well, like upon reexamining like her role and how she does everything, I was like, Amy definitely deserves more of a shout out. And I'm actually doing it now because I just fear we won't see a lot of her as sure, the, sure. <laughs> the series continues. We got you back, girl. Yeah. All right. So who's your number three? My number three is uh, Sean Hunter. Sean Hunter, number three, same, right on, right, right, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, too, that just, like, he's the the biggest evolution we've seen in the character so far. Like, as far as just, like, the backstory that we've gotten on him, like, we've just learned more about him as the season goes versus, like, the family we kind of were established pretty early on. Exactly. Um, So I actually... Sean is number three because of who number two and number one are. But now that you've put Sean as number three, I'm excited to hear what your number two and number one are. Um, My number two is Feeney. Oh, okay, okay. Yours is Corey? Nope, Minkus. Minkus, oh man. Yeah, Minkus is my number two. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? Like... Again, all of this is based off season one. I mean, everything that you said, I think, is good if we were talking uh, the series. But if we're talking season one, I feel that Minkus is a strong number two. And Feeney just isn't as strong in this season. Yeah, you know, um, you're right. You're right. Now, I mean, now that you're making me condense this to season one, I will replace Feeney with Minkus because you're right. There's, there's not enough of it. And number he's one. Not, he's not Feeney yet. Who's number one? Corey. Yep, Corey. Corey Matthews. It's number one. He's so funny, especially in this episode. I'm cracking up laughing at him the entire time. Well, he's funny, and he... Look, the thing about Corey or Ben Savage is that in this season, um, you're sold on him as being the lead of the show. He does show complexity. He shows... That boy does work. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, he did comedy really, really well uh, in the beginning of the season and carried it throughout. Um, he does sympathy really well. He does confusion really well. Um, I just think he's a, a gifted child actor. Um, and I'm, I think the savages are a national treasure. Exactly. I mean, we've we've already expressed our love for the savages. But, yeah, I will say that I'm surprised that I didn't include Jason on my list. But I'm really I'm really happy with my list. But yeah, Jason definitely gets honorable mention. Oh man, <laughs> so, like, this for sure needs to be that question that, like, after we watch the whole series, we have to do all of them because yeah, exactly. That's the list I got. Yeah, no, no, I definitely, I, uh, I agree with that. Uh, all right, so now let's get into this episode, which is season one, episode twenty-one, uh, "Boy Meets Girl." It's our second to last episode of the season. True that. And it's also the most adorable 25 minutes uh, <laughs> I've seen in a bit. Yeah, yeah, for a little bit. Um, the tell me about it is Sean starts showing an interest in girls and Corey feels abandoned. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, not only is it pretty actually, sorry, pretty accurate, it also kind of uh, does a thing where it it shows the deeper meaning behind the episode because they they don't really ever explicitly say that Corey feels a blank, abandoned in the show. You're just supposed to pick up on it. Yeah, I don't even know if abandoned is the word. I feel yeah, like no, I feel like more, he feels left behind. I feel like he feels more betrayed than abandoned. All right, well, like let's get into the episode um, because okay. yeah, let's let's see if the evidence is there. All right, so in our opening scene, um, the class is watching this old, outdated video that is being played on a film projector uh, called like the Puberty Telegram or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we never see any footage from the video because they keep they keep talking about how old it looks, but I think it would have been better for the audience for us to get like a quick like clip of it. Yeah, that would have been fun uh, to to see. But then also, it's just it sounds very old and 1950s health class uh, esque. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's all about their changing bodies. Exactly. Which do you remember seeing a video or anything like this? Um, maybe I. You know, we had a. Basically, there was like a, a three-day period in sixth grade where all the boys went to the boy science teacher and all the girls went to the girl science teacher, and we just asked a bunch of questions about sex. Um, <laughs> I think there was a video shown, but I it was sixth grade, so I don't really remember, but yeah. So here's what's funny. We, I mean, you and I went to the same high school, but we went to different middle schools, and I remember distinctly that we did not have a video and we also didn't split up like boys in one group and girls in one group we had you all together yeah we all were it was in science class everyone was together Awkward. and actually if i remember correctly it was more of like a respect program call out than anything else Sure. It was more <laughs> abstinence. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if anyone knows what respect is, but it was a whole abstinence program. Um, and that was shoved down our damn throats. Exactly. So well, like, it was like middle school, I guess. Really, it was like but. what dare was for drugs, respect yeah. was for sex, meaning that everyone agreed to it and then didn't follow it at all. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty much how that worked. Uh, so anyway, Corey and Sean are mocking the video. Um, 
while it's on. But uh, we can see Topanga and Mika's seem highly interested in it. Um, yeah, like they're like they seem oddly comfortable with this phase of their of their transition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, being a pu- puberty is awkward for everyone, but they seem to just be like, oh, this is just the way. Well, I think it's, I was going to say, it's like, I don't know if comfortable is, but they are definitely curious. Like, they're getting questions answered. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, the movie points out that girls get their telegram before guys because uh, the metaphor in the video is that puberty is like a, a telegram. And when girls will get theirs before the boys and they instruct the girls to just be patient because boys will get theirs eventually. What's interesting is that during this part, um, they're doing a close-up of Topanga, and then they're doing a close-up of this other girl that's sitting next to Sean. The same girl that uh, previously in the season, Sean ditched Corey for. Do you remember what this episode? Is it is it the same one? Like the the girl who was like the new girl, uh, and and Sean was like, oh, I gotta go. Yeah, I, I think it was because... Both of these girls, the only reason I say that is because both of them remind me of Wendy, the assistant yeah. to the uh, yeah. and the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. That's so weird. I don't know. Um, honestly, I would look into it. Uh, uh, we, we should probably confirm that. But like, yeah, no, I think that's cool. I, I yeah, I just uh, upon seeing her, she looked just like her. So um, if anything, if anything maybe, Sean has a type, especially at this age. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, we get to meet this new girl who we later will find out is named Hillary. And um, the movie ends and Feeney says that the movie is supposed to prepare the class for the changes that their bodies are about to go through. Um, And of course, as we were saying, Sean is making fun of it and Corey's making fun of it. But Topanga says that she's looking forward to changing from a caterpillar to a butterfly, Uh, which uh, what is I think it's Sean who's like, you say butterfly. I say hairball with wings. Yeah, their little playful banter is always really uh, innocent. Like he's not nearly as uh, biting as he is when he's throwing shit at Minkus. Yeah, no, of course not. But also, I just think it's really funny because there's a lot of um, talk about Topanga's hair. Um, this season, which is really funny considering next season. Next season? Next season, Topanga's hair. Is it next season or is it the season after that? When she cuts her hair? Yeah. That's um, season four, episode one, Here Today, Gone Tomorrow. Whoa, it's that far in? I'm telling you, man, season four is where it's at. <laughs> All right, well, excuse me. But still, there's a lot of... Uh, Topanga's hair is a very big part of her signature, so... Oh, for sure, for sure. And it's funny, too, because I believe that um, her hair wasn't naturally curly like that. That's why it's I I think the push was to go straight for her hair. Ah, yeah, that does make sense, because I remember when we were talking about the first episode, uh, you said that she had gotten the job the night before and her mother did her hair. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, that would make sense. Oh, all right. I do want to I do want to correct the previous statement I made. It was season four, episode two, not episode one. I apologize to the listeners. (laughs) I was close off the top of the dome. Come on, guys. Yeah, no, no, that's that's really good. Um, So 
Corey says that um, while Corey's like trying to negotiate whether or not he'll even go through puberty, because uh, according to him, he is feisty and young and and going through puberty is not something he wants to do. He's seen it turn a, a, a regular boy's face into, what does he say, like a crater or something like a that? A crater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I have He also been. says, I'm going to stay 12 until I'm 42. Yeah, I know. I thought that part was funny. So he's 12 now. Yeah. Oh, so this is out of uh, order. It has to be because we just established that they were 13. Or maybe uh, Corey's still 12 and Sean's 13. Well, what birthday was it that? (laughs) All right. All right. Exactly. (laughs) This is out of order. And we've talked about this. Um, Boy Meets World continuality is one of its biggest flaws. Yeah. Everyone does a great job on the show, but I don't know who that line producer was, but... Yeah, they did not. They did not do their job as far as keeping track of all the storylines they had going. Oh man, <laughs> which is now I don't think it would even be allowed because the internet is so aware of like every decision. If someone says they hate the color blue, you cannot show them in ten seasons wearing like a blue shirt, or else <laughs> they'll be like, "Wait, you said?" <laughs> well, what's odd about if it is out of order is that this is a Mother's Day episode, which is in May, which is in sweeps. So like, yeah, no. No, I thought the same episode was going to air. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, Mother's Day, this kind of aligns with the calendar and everything we know so far. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I don't. I OK. All right. Let's move on. Their age is just something that annoys me because it's not consistent. But hey, guys, that's what we're here for. To <laughs> OK. Corey says um, if he goes through pu- puberty and he's talking about all this other stuff and he's saying that Sean is right there with him. Um, but. As he says that, Sean drops his pen and touches the hand of Hillary's. And now Sean is a little speechless. How do you feel about Sean the ladies' man? What are your impressions of of this? What do you mean? Like, you know, Sean – I mean, as much as, like, Sean the bad boy is a part of his character, like, he grows to become, like, this ladies' man where he's kind of like Eric where he's on the – different date with a girl a different girl in every episode um and i was just interested to see what you thought about that as a as a characteristic for him so it's weird in the sense that like now looking at it like this entire episode i'm watching and like i also watched a wrinkle in time um and so seeing like little we talk about that later on please yes yes we can but like seeing um preteens like be flirting like it just feels weird now that i'm older it's just like i don't know how to feel about it in general because i know it's young love but you're still like uh, you're like 12 what are you doing um but at the exact same time Ryder strong being the ladies man just makes sense he is he does have that 90s he's cute, very dreamy he has, he has that hair the curtain haircut that sweet curtain that yeah, they would yeah. have with their bangs that hair that jt that jtt haircut um that they all that have Devin sawa haircut Devin y'all know what we're talking about <laughs> exactly but he has that that look and the fact that he does and that eric is able to have the same thing uh it makes sense that they're both quote-unquote heartthrobs um whereas Corey is again the unconventional one i guess from just uh just thinking about sean's backstory to me it makes way more sense to have him be the ladies man versus eric because sean is constantly reaching out for family and stability and love in different ways whereas eric just seems bored and horny 
Well, first of all, that's definitely Eric. Um, and then second of all, Eric's not seen as successful the way that Sean is. Sean is seen as like the guy where he smiles at a girl and girls just show up. That's like the type of ladies man that Sean ends up becoming. Eric, we have seen Eric this entire season fight to get girls. You know, it's just like he's constantly yeah. trying. He's constantly trying to maintain. Um I think his desperation is like a little off-putting to girls as well, um, as well as the audience. Sorry. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it I, makes just, I think it's interesting that they did that switch um, when they realized that it was better suited for Sean that Eric became dumber and sh- as Sean became cooler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but also I think it speaks to their talents because – Eric's just comedic timing, especially as we get into the later oh seasons. Oh my gosh, it's, it's just it's so perfect. Yeah, it's just time. so perfect. I think like they also realized that they were underutilizing Will Friedle. I'm so mad that there wasn't like an Eric spinoff or just like a t- TV show with Will Friedle, just like as the main, because I feel like <laughs> if he starred on the show, like we would really be able to see the extent of his abilities. So this was a question I was going to hold to later, and we will have to come back to it. But someone on Reddit was like. What would an Eric spinoff look like? And I definitely want to like just explore that thought. Oh, oh my gosh! Let's uh, <laughs> not, not now, not now, not now. We'll we'll bring you back up. But like, yeah, it it was just such a cool idea, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. All right. So with Sean getting his telegram, we go to the theme song, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still it's like you know what I. I'm finding my my peace with this theme song. We had a, we had a love hate relationship. <laughs> now that I feel like you know what, I'm not going to really hear it very much after this season. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm I'm getting I'm feeling remorseful. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you, boo. It's just white noise to me, honestly. Like it comes on and my mind just clicks off uh, until oh, it, it, it's how stopped. fortunate. How fortunate <laughs> to not have been like to have fallen in love with the the pain of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after the theme scene, um, Sean, the, the boys are in the cafeteria, and Sean asks Corey, uh, "How do you ask out a girl?" Would- Yo, Corey's answer made me laugh so damn hard. I'm embarrassed at how l- hard I laughed at this. <laughs> I was gonna say it's really good. He's like, "Easy. You ask her to get out, and then you show her the door." <laughs> Which, is like, Which it, obviously is, is a douchey thing, but the yeah. way he, uh, Corey says it is so funny. His delivery is definitely really good. And then, I mean, it, it also shows that Corey's still like in this childish mentality because Sean's like, no, I mean, like on a date. And then even then, Corey's like, well, Eric uses the shotgun approach. He just keeps dialing numbers until he hears yes. Um, he will fuck anything that moves, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, have we established uh, Eric's virginity no we, this is way too early in, in uh yeah we don't we don't find out until season five and i know parody episode which is um, amazing but it's, still, it's it's yeah yeah we're not gonna go there <laughs> we're like tempted to just that's gonna keep, be like a three-hour episode y'all don't even know <laughs> yeah well also i have to say that um this episode sets up so much of what will be boy meets world sure yeah it felt so, like a really important episode yeah it's very easy to talk about all the ways that uh, this episode leads to other staples of the series um, because it's so crucial. In fact, um, this episode is mimicked almost exactly. Exactly on Girl Meets World. Yeah, Girl Meets World. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's also one of the episodes that in the finale, when they're doing flashbacks, they include clips from this episode. Yeah, exactly. So this this is a very important episode if you haven't gotten that um, already. So while they're discussing all of this, uh, Minkus overhears them and lets the boys know that he has an in, a little insight. Um, he has a I, You know what? Yeah. This, the magazine name, before <laughs> we mentioned it. Oh, crap. You know, I didn't even think about that. Oh, it made man. me feel so damn uncomfortable the entire time. Oh, man. I literally did not think of anything sexual about this magazine called Perky. And now that you've pointed it out, it's just glitch. It's a, it's a magazine for tween girls called Perky. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Now I don't even <laughs> want to call it by its name anymore. That just seems so bad. It's just like highlighting like the mosquito bites. Like I don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that right now. They're still in the oven. Oh my god! So anyway, yeah, Minkus Minkus's inside is a teenage magazine, which uh, you, TC has already called out. So I'm just gonna call it like. The no, call it perky. Not, let the well, audience, let, let our listeners get as uncomfortable as we were. It's just so creepy. Um, but anyway, by reading it, he says, What I found very interesting and what I did want to bring up is he goes, It tells girls how they should feel. So if a boy reads it, um, we'll know how girls feel. And I was just like, I think it's very insightful for me because it'd be like, it, it tells girls how they're supposed to be feeling about themselves. Yeah. And like, He's like, oh, let's just kind of use this to our benefit. Like, is that a, is that a good thing? I mean, in terms of Minkus and research, it makes sense, and I think it's a really smart way to do it. It's also it's also way more effort than most guys do. But you're also right in the sense that I don't know. There just seems to be a lot of manipulation going on. Yeah, it's a it's a magazine that's using like self esteem issues in young women to market crap to them they don't need um uh, and minkus is like oh hey we can prey on self-esteem issues by using this magazine i don't know i uh, maybe yeah. i'm reading too much into it no 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 i because uh, i had the same thought i was just like i don't know how i feel about like i mean i do like that they acknowledge um the magazine and they kind of hint at the issues with it um but they also use it as a tool um so you know. do you remember do you remember these tween magazines in the 90s? I, I don't Teen know Bop. if they exist anymore. Uh, but, yeah. like, man, I had so many. I had, like, posters from, like, TLC, <laughs> like, cut out from, like, magazines and sh- on, like, on my wall. Like, so, po- these magazines were a big deal in the 90s. Do you know what my version of this teen magazine was? What? TV Guide magazine. Or entertainment weekly, like that was it. Like it's so it shows how nerdy I was. I did not look at any of like the kids bop or whatever it's called, teen beat magazines or anything. Seventeen. Like oh man, I yeah. I got all of that. Nope, stuff. I, did, I just wanted posters for my wall. Yeah, but I did the same thing. I just had my wall was full of TV Guide covers, yeah, TV Guide covers, and <laughs> Entertainment Weeklies. Ask my sister. It was just oh, all man. TV show uh, covers. That was it. That was my thing. Because in the like the actual tween ones, like I think like the centerfold would have like every now and then there'd be like a full poster that you can open up and like it would fold up and. No, I out. remember. Like I, I distinctly remember the iconic Justin Timberlake ramen noodle haired one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go back even further. Like I had, I had some posters of Monica. Oh yeah, I was thinking of uh, Menudo. 
Like I didn't know, but like I just remember the Menudo one. And then also, have you seen the show? There's a show on Netflix called Everything Sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. Based in it's like a freaks and geeks almost type show. Sure, uh, yeah. And they have um, a Ryder Strong poster that's from uh, a t- a Tiger Beat or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's Ryder Strong was right up in there, man. Yeah, exactly. So it's really funny. All right, so. Um, Corey's mocking the magazine um, and, and kind of being like, oh, who would read this stuff? It makes no sense. Uh, Sean kind of agrees with him but as he's putting it in his back pocket. Yeah, he puts it in his back pocket, which I think is hilarious. Um, and then while he's doing that, uh, ha- what a- Hillary comes over and uh, she's just direct. I'm like, go, Hillary. She's just like, hey, uh, do you want to go out sometime? And Sean, she, she, asks, she, she, doesn't, she doesn't hesitate at all. This little 12 year old has the confidence of a grown woman asking this kid out and it's really casual and it's well done that she doesn't stammer at all. She's confident. She what's, has a time her, and a place. What's, yeah, what's her, her, what's her backstory? Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I don't care. <laughs> like, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, like I was like, a, even though, um, you're right. She's cast really well, and she she delivers her lines. She's still a little stiff to me. Um, yeah. so I didn't find myself really wanting to know more about her the way that we do with Topanga. When Topanga. Sure, sure. Yeah. And also, she says a really dumb line. She goes, she's like a... Later Terminator. Some, yeah, see you later Terminator. It's just like it super was cheesy. so cringy. Uh, but also, it's really true to that age group, because I totally remember saying things like that. Well, to me, she just didn't seem like, as an actress, she didn't seem like she pulled off the line. That that was my critique to it, because okay. Sean, giggling like a madman, pulls that shit off. Oh, yeah, he does. And the, that um, what we're talking about is while the girl's asking her out, Sean, like, he's saying yes, but he also at the exact same time can't seem to stop laughing. He's just, like, having this nervous it's laugh. It's a giggle. It's not a laugh. It's a, it's a giggle. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, Corey's like, yo, what's wrong with you? And Sean's like, I don't know. Like, I can't explain it he's like i can't talk about it i can laugh about it but i can't talk about it um he already hits sean so quickly yeah it does um and it's really funny because he says that he can't talk about it but the very next scene we see him and eric talking about the date that he just apparently he just went on my well let me let me give him some credit because i think what he was trying to say at that moment was i don't know how to describe this feeling that i feel right now whereas with eric he's just simply doing a play-by-play of the day he never once talks about how he feels about it um so i think maybe that was the difference there no i'm not disagreeing but like it kind of sets up the uh conflict the that we have in yeah. the, the rest of the episode because what happens here is we get eric and sean talking about sean's date and eric is seen as like this wise expert uh and Corey comes in and it's also really funny to point out that Sean is in their bedroom talking to Eric without Corey. Yeah. And then Corey joins them later. Um, and, and it's kind of like, what's going on? Um, and he doesn't understand why Sean would even be talking to Eric because earlier Sean said that he couldn't talk about any of this. Can I say something about this, um, this conversation that Eric and Sean are having about their dates? Um, 
Eric seems very concerned about the financials. He's like, <laughs> who paid for the movie ticket? Who paid for the popcorn? And then he encourages Sean to keep seeing this young woman after learning that she paid for half of the popcorn. Um, why does Eric <laughs> make finances such a huge deal? Well, to be fair, everything we've seen of Eric so far, especially if we want to talk about the girls uh, that we we did in the what was the episode? Um a great oh it's a wonderful night um eric has been taken advantage of by girls before so i i don't necessarily think it's outside of the realm of i, I just think it's odd that the the two questions he asked were all who paid for what that's yeah. the only questions he asked about this date yeah of course because um, again eric is i said he's seen as an expert but he's no expert he's just as lost and foolish as the rest of them but he yeah. does have some experience and i think that this is again eric kind of trying to make sure that sean doesn't get taken advantage of the way that he has been because a lot of his storylines have been about taking girls out on dates and and making sure that they have a good time and all this other stuff but he's also kind of left behind when a better offer um is brought up with these girls question for you yes how old were you when you went on your first date oh god that's a good question that is a really good question I honestly don't even remember. I don't remember my first date. I'm not going to lie. I remember what's really weird is I remember kind of being in Corey's shoes when my friend uh, at the time when I was in middle school, he went on a date with a girl and I was like third wheel and they went to go see Master of Disguise, which was a terrible movie. Terrible um, movie. <laughs> and I just remember sitting there like they were with, you know, it was just the two of them. I think they were like making out and the entire time I'm watching this just horrible movie. Um, so, yeah, like that, that I remember that, but I don't remember my first date. How about you? What What was yours? Um, fourth grade, Jillian Ortega. Uh, we saw uh, Titanic, and she covered my eyes during the boot part. <laughs> okay, fourth grade, you started young, pimp. Yo, players gotta play. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely terrible. I do not encourage this at all. Uh, but still, like, yeah, no, no, that's that's really interesting. Well, no, no. In retrospect, it does seem very young, and that's kind of why I bring this up because they all seem a little young to be talking about like going on dates. Well, not really. Because I also think it's interesting that um, both you and I, and in uh, the show, we all went to the movies, and I think that it is something about going to a movie without your parents is like what you do at that age like that is yeah, that is that is the first date that is yeah. what you always do because you can get dropped off at the movies exactly so you have like your own little uh time. i don't know it's really cute and it's also funny you get dropped that, like, off your mom gives you a few quarters so you can <laughs> 1-800 collect her to pick you up when you're ready <laughs> yep yeah, I just remember we had that one movie theater that uh, we would all go to uh, for for dates, and like I think that that tradition held for like a few years. Like I maybe- think, just like a movie just seems like a very date thing. Like when I think of any TV or movie and media, that always just seems like a pretty standard date. Yeah, I mean, but like what I'm saying is now I would never go on to a movie on a first date. 
That's a terrible no. first date idea. Uh, you, you're, you're not even talking to the person. The exactly. Time. But oh. like as a teenager, that's the thing. Like going to the movies is this form of independence. Um, well, and also kids aren't trying to talk to each other like that yet. You yeah, know what I mean? They're not trying to like get into each other's like five year plan. You know? <laughs> you're right. What do they have to talk about except uh, class? Yeah, so they talk about the movie. That's yeah. Speaking of talk, uh, Eric says that the guys are, sorry, that him and Sean are having guys talk, kind of like excluding Corey from it, which I, I pointed out, even the audience is like, damn. Like, he's like, excuse me, Corey, we're having guy talk. And you're like, Corey's right there. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny, too, that guys talk is always talk that's about girls. That is funny to point out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because at the time, like Corey's holding a basketball, and he, I'm like, well, basketball's guy stuff, and then then Corey was like, hey, basketball is guy stuff, and I was like, yo, I, I hear you. I yeah, hear no, you. no, exactly. That's what I was going to point out that Corey's like basketball is guy talk, but clearly we're talking about different guy talk, and uh, it's supposed to be. The, if we want to go back to the telegram thing, it's for those who've gotten their telegram and the distinction is Corey has not. What is the difference between guy talk and locker room talk? Just curious from a terminology standpoint. Um, I don't know. They, I'm sure they both involve grabbing them by the pussy. Hello, <laughs> quoting our president. <laughs> oh, God, that's so sad. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Morgan comes in, and uh, with this, it's it's a uh, good thing. She was not necessary in this episode at all, by the way. She wasn't really necessary in this episode, but she does bring in kind of our B plot or like what will come in important a little bit later, which is that it's Mother's Day weekend and she needs Eric uh, to take her shopping. Uh, we get a fun little bit of Eric being like, oh, yeah, not Eric, Corey being like, I really do need to get mom something special. And Eric's like, well, what do you want? me to pick up he's like i don't know anything you can find <laughs> anything that's lying around yeah exactly um but after eric leaves sean agrees you know to go back and play basketball with Corey, and Corey shows uh, that he's a little jealous yeah he throws mad shade at sean yeah and you know what i feel like this is just something that kind of happens in their relationship every now and then we're like sean starts dating a girl and Corey starts throwing shade and it's just a, a thing between them well i think what it is is that first of all let's go with what he says he says wouldn't you rather go play with hillary um which is i wanted to point out is the beginning of this bromance that we get with Corey and Sean where their relationship is equated to an uh an a boyfriend girlfriend sure yeah. sure you know it's like although yeah. oh, no, 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 no. go ahead go ahead I'm no sorry. I was just gonna say that it's like it's not the same it's all platonic but they they have the same rules we're kind of getting the same setup um of the two of them being in their own special thing and yeah. when that is challenged or when that changes in any way, that's when they have problems like any other couple would. I thought that Corey's comment, though, wouldn't you rather go play with Hillary? I didn't really think of it like, oh, bromance. I was like, man, Corey's kind of showing some bitch assness. Is he not? <laughs> I'm not saying that he's not, but I'm saying that the what I'm picking up from it is that this show's what what is underlying here is Corey's fear of losing Sean. 
that's what it the real underlying motive is and what kind of motivates us throughout the rest of the episode um and even the way that sean responds he's like it's always you and me it's always been you and me that's what i'm saying it's like this is the beginning of their dialogue of it's Corey and sean against the world we've seen sure 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 we've seen the friendship kind of grow and they've kind of written more about Corey and sean being together and being there for each other but this is explicitly Sean and Corey stating that this is a you and me thing, um, more so than you get in a lot of other TV shows about friendship. Sure, sure. Something that for us to keep in mind as the show goes on, let's look at how many times Sean's girlfriend becomes a problem for the relationship and how many times Corey's girlfriend becomes a problem. Because I feel like Sean's girlfriend is always the one that's getting the bad rep for their friendship like Corey's always the one that's being jealous is what i mean like sean never really cares that Corey hangs out with his panga all the time well i think it's because the has always been there for yeah. for Corey, it's usually someone new you know what i mean so it's like a when Topanga. i mean and also if we really want to get into it the wedding you know what i mean it's just like a that's a prime example maybe he didn't feel that bad like for the longest time because he always knew that those people would come and go but it's when it's something lasting that sean has just as strong of an emotion yeah i I just think that Corey has a really unhealthy um dependency on his and sean's relationship i think it's totally i think we're starting to see signs of codependency and i can only talk about this because i am extremely codependent (laughs) in in my relationship with my best friend and it's definitely a Corey sean thing and i've always equated to that and i always thought of it as such but because of my codependency i'm aware of the other side of its motivations you know what i mean like when Corey says uh she throws mothballs better than me you know again it's something that when sean says that oh yeah sean says yeah wait sean says that she throws mothballs better than yeah because he's telling Corey about how like um how they throw mothballs isn't that no no like i said Corey says i bet she throws mothballs better than me oh i bet and then that's when sean goes into the details about how she throws mothballs um kind of confirming his suspicions but at the exact same time it's this jealousy thing that is usually reserved um for a couple in a relationship and at this point in time we're establishing what will be the Corey and sean bromance um, yeah, and I do feel like we hear that that whole like, hey, you know, it's it's you and me, it's Corey and Sean. That's it's always going to be this way. Like we hear that speech a few times in the series. Um, one thing I wanted to point out before we move on from the scene, um, Sean seems like such a a troubled young man, and I and I recognize that from a move the movie, a troubled young man. Um, <laughs> he when he talks about the girl like throwing the mothballs or whatever, he just. One, we gloss over the fact that they sneak into the movie. Like, Sean is a total delinquent the entire time. Like, throwing candy at people's heads. I disagree. I feel that Sean is nothing more than a teenage boy. I feel like this is a thing where it's not like boys will be boys, but kids will be kids. I mean, yeah, he snuck into the movie, but, I mean, I personally didn't do it, but I'm more of a Corey where it's like I was more of a goody two-shoes anyway. But it's not just the sneaking in the movie. He spends the entire movie throwing candy at people's heads and when the girl does it really well he gets really excited by it 
Yeah, but I just, I don't know. I don't see him as a delinquent. I see him as not even troubled. I see Sean as... I don't know. Just, Yo, you go to, the next time you're at the movies, imagine someone throwing candy at the back of your No, no, don't get me time. wrong. I think if he did it to me while I was at the movies, I would be pissed and I would definitely have a problem with it. But I also understand that that is how a young kid with who, again, has very little supervision and they're out on their own at the first time. They behave recklessly. That's what being a teenager is. You you push the envelope. You do things that you're not supposed to be doing. And I just always think back to my behavior or like my friend's behavior when we were in middle school and high school where we were rowdy and we would do things with no like real malice intent other than to stand out and make noise as teenagers because this is the first time you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you clearly disagree, but honestly, like I was thinking about I, it. I, don't get me wrong. I feel like it plays into the the bad boy persona, I think, is what they're, they were trying to do with this by having him sneak into the movie and throw mouthballs. But to me, it's him being so excited that the girl was really good at it is what made me think like, um, oh, that's because he always gets excited by being bad. Like he's excited by messing with Minkus's food and, you know, like teasing yeah. the kids. And, like It's not like real badness. Like I understand that. Like he's just good hearted fun. Um, but there's something about it that just really excites Sean. And I just think that's interesting. Yeah, I think that what that is, is you have a, a, a boy in middle America with who's a little bit below um, – average in a lot of things and so whenever someone else encourages being outside the norm he feels at home like i'm not saying that that does sorry i'm not saying that that doesn't or shouldn't be unchecked um because there will be times where that does become a problem but i don't think inherently not liking the status quo is a problem um yeah yeah that's just my, my one other thing that was really funny when uh sean was like no, uh, I think Eric says, like, how was the movie or something like that? Oh, yeah. He's like, 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 we like, we even watched it. <laughs> and Corey and Eric's mouth drops. And like for a second, I'm like, do they think he fucked this girl? No. Oh, my God. See, the, you go straight there. I did think that they were like making out. But like, I didn't think it was they just straight up fucking. I, I don't know. The way that their mouths dropped, like, I was like, I, I don't know. Making out in the movie seems like something Eric should expect. I don't know. No, no, no. I think just because uh, remember, this is their first date. So I think, yeah, the he mere just, fact, he, he's he's getting there fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> that was a, a very good. The next scene, as we said, uh, after Sean is just like, uh, it's always going to be you and me. Um it always has been. It always will be. We get this little cafeteria flip or scene flip. And Sean has decided that he's going to sit with Hillary. Yeah. And then Corey just decides that he's going to date a girl simply to make Sean jealous. I yeah. Guess. His exact words is if he can date, then so can I. Uh, how hard can it be or something like that? And I just think it's really, really funny. You wrote. Um, what did you write? I didn't write that. Those are your words that I highlighted <laughs> because I wanted to discuss them. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sorry. I wrote, um, he could date a girl because Corey is competitive and self-centered like most white men. And I, I, I saw that you wrote that and I was like, yo, 
preach. <laughs> preach. Yeah, that was I and you know what? I don't disagree with it. The fact that Corey is just this competitive and it has nothing to do with uh he's not looking at sean's interest or anything like that he's just like oh well if you're doing it how hard can it be um and he completely makes it about him well i will say i think this does play back to the whole bromance conversation of just like yeah in the same way that like if topanga were like flirting with another guy he might want to flirt with another girl just to make her jealous like it's that same yeah but again it goes back to being (laughs) self-centered yeah oh no no no, for sure for sure uh yeah so with that uh he goes to minkas and he asks minkas for uh the perky input uh to see how he by the way minkas being the person that people keep going to um for dating advice is just so funny like it's 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 like i understand why like they set it up in the episode but it's still just it's funny that like based on how the season started i would never have guessed that this would be playing out but see i think it makes sense because minkus is the one most likely to have done research on it you know minkus approaches it like it's science um and th- it's one of those things where it's like love it or hate it they know that if they need information they need to go to minkus you know what i mean like minkus is their google at the is a, is a i wonder is a well-learned man a well-researched man, let me say that. Is that a sexy trait? Like, for a man to ha- be, like, really good in research? I mean, you gotta ask other people. <laughs> well, just, like, I would imagine, like, and I'm I'm guessing here, but I would imagine that Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, knows how to give a pretty great orgasm just because he <laughs> understands the human body, like, he's researched. <laughs> I can't confirm this, but I just feel like that's a vibe I get when I when I... I don't even know what to say to that. Um, But you know what? You're not wrong. Neil deGrasse Tyson. um, There's this whole little bit that went out a little bit earlier about um, Bill Nye the Science Guy. And I think it was Justin Trudeau or something. And just like, yeah, there is something about like there is something about an intelligent man that is definitely attractive. Well researched. I don't know. But like intelligent. Yeah, because they understand the body and they understand what to do with it. That's what makes it sexy. I don't know. Give us your insight on like what makes intelligence sexy, because I definitely want to know. I just know that I am intrigued by someone who's smarter than me. Like if especially if you're smarter than me and hilarious, like if you can shut me up with a joke. Oh, my God. Pants off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Laughter does it. Laughter is the quickest way to na- to nudity for me. <laughs> Laughter is the quickest way to nudity. I like it. Yeah, I'm, uh, we've been laughing this entire time. I'm half naked right now. <laughs> um, so, uh, what happens with the boys though is Minkus is trying to coach or see what's going on with Corey. He assumes that Corey got his telegram, as we've been talking about, and Corey goes, This isn't romance, it's revenge. And <laughs> gosh, what a what a what a line. Yeah, which shows a lot about him, but Minkus says that uh those are two sides of the same hormone, which again yeah, I, I can't disagree with. Yeah, and you know what? Minkus I feel like is smarter than me. Like as as I am right now, I feel like yeah, Minkus is probably smarter than me. I don't know. I think he I think it goes back to the research thing. I think he is good at looking up the resources, uh, but I don't know about intelligence. 
just I don't know. I just I re- I'm remembering back at that Geography B episode, and I was like, man, he knew some stuff. <laughs> but again, that's just like he was well researched. I feel like I could give you the same assignment in uh, in like a weekend, and you could probably hold your own. Well, I have Google now. Like I don't have to learn anything. <laughs> that is true. We do live uh, in 2018. We already have the advantage. Sure. Sure. Exactly. That's why I was trying to give it to you. I was like, I feel like 30 year old you is smarter than a uh, high school. Well, not even high school, like a middle school minkus. I mean, maybe. I don't know. There's just no reason for us to be smart about anything. All of our devices are smart for us. Isn't that the whole point? Like to dumb us down so the man can continue to run our damn lives. I'm what sorry, was guys. even the purpose of that? I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> so the Migas tells Corey uh, that according to Perky, there is a list of things that women look for in a man. Uh, Corey's not- response is so damn funny to this, too. <laughs> Which part? Go ahead. He goes, uh, um, well, there's certain things that women what and Corey goes loose change <laughs> yeah, yeah which goes back to eric's concern about finances uh so that's probably why Corey feels that way wow what a, what a telling feature <laughs> of the matthews boys to be concerned about a woman who who does dutch you know exactly I mean, well, we do know their financial situation and Alan, so maybe uh, finding someone... Maybe they're just like, you know what? We need to find someone who's going to split these bills with us. So, okay. (laughs) So, um, number, like I said, number nine is loose change, but number one is shared interest, and number two is a sense of humor. How accurate do you feel that is? I feel like that's actually pretty good. I mean, both of us are dudes, and we should probably have had a female on for this episode. But, um... Yeah, it's a service to not have a female on a lot of these Topanga based episodes. We're sorry, yeah, guys. I definitely we apologize in advance. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that this is this holds true. Number one being shared interest and number two, a sense of humor. I think that, yeah, that's still pretty universal if you ask me. OK. All right. Sure. All right. Um and then, like, number three would be um, Instagram followers. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Corey asks how um, how are, how is he supposed to find a girl, though? I mean, because, like, this is good information to know. And Corey feels like he's set. He is pretty good with the sense of humor thing. But um, he asks how he's supposed to He says, I'm a regular laugh riot, Minkus. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, how am I supposed to find a girl in? Mika's asked Corey uh, to find someone or to think of someone who he feels comfortable with and has shared interests and doesn't sharing a meal with. And he's like, well, my mom's already taken. My, so. mom, my mom's already taken. So <laughs> and like he also Corey the entire time he has this like uh, he has this attitude of just like, I just need to find any broad in a skirt. Like he just well, no, like so whatever. what happens is Mink is completely is just like a, look just look for anything in a dress because he we realize who he's dealing with. Um and that that leads to Corey literally passing several girls uh in jeans just so until he finds someone in a dress. And when he finally does find someone in a dress, it's Topanga. And you know what I noticed? Corey doesn't seem to have any um like the whole first kiss thing that happened in the beginning of the season, like it might as well have not even happened. Yeah, like there was the, no energy of that going on in this at all. Like it could have just been any old girl. Yeah, no, honestly, that's the whole point. It could have been anyone. And I think for the sake of casting and storytelling, it was Topanga. But like they kind of point out that it was just anyone in a dress. Yeah, yeah. 
But he does have things that he knows about Topanga, and I will applaud him because he uses them, or he kind of fakes his way through this conversation because he asks Topanga, you know, how she's doing. And she's like, Mercury is in retrograde, uh, which, by the way, it is now as well. Um, And uh, a lot of, you know, he's just like, oh, okay, I I heard about that. Uh, He tells, like, this corny joke about astrology, uh, which I laughed at, but Topanga was just (laughs) like, it went right over her head. Um, But he just straight up asked Topanga out um, to Burger World. I will say uh, just about the whole Mercury's and retrograde thing. Um, I I really like that Topanga is still weird. Like I almost like I have to say like the more normal Topanga gets, like I don't know. I feel like there's a balance there because I, I, there's something about her now that's so unique. And I feel like towards like see like especially like college years Topanga, like there's no trace of this at all. And I understand like people evolve, people change. Um, but this is just such an interesting characteristic. And I'm loving all of this. Like she's so weird. Corey doesn't quite understand her because I think that's supposed to be a metaphor for just how like um, dumbfounded boys are by girls at this age. Um, and so I really miss that about her. Well, see, I mean, you and I have different viewpoints and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, I think that this is a reflection of her being highly influenced by her parents, because a lot of what she says and a lot of like how um, she lives being vegetarian and all this other stuff, it's seen as shadows of like her parents' ideas, you know, Jebediah, Jebediah and Chloe, the way that they behave and they act. Even a little bit later on in the scene, she uh, mentions, um, you know, that they don't really conform to the usual things. Whereas when we get to high school, she starts to reflect her own thoughts, uh, you know? That's an interesting theory. Yeah, I like that. And and I just I, – so to me, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think right now Topanga is great, and she's not necessarily weird so much as she just has different interests, and that is true. Whereas when she gets a little bit I, older, yeah. um, her interests are a little bit more in line with Corey's. I don't think there is an episode where they downright, like, talk about her, like, breaking independence from her parents. Uh, like, I – um i hope there's one because i feel like that would add a very interesting uh element to her character no i agree i think uh i I don't know if there is one i can't think of either but if there is any addressing the fact that i know they do it uh in if we're talking about girl meets world they do kind of talk about the the person she was and the ideals she had and who Topanga is now. I mean, but as you said, we all grow up. We don't necessarily think or believe the things that we used to because you just learn more. Sure. Sure. Speaking of learning more and, and, and being different, uh, Corey asked Topanga out to burger world, which I think is really funny because there will be a chubbies in the future. And it's like chubbies doesn't exist right now. Uh, But he asked her out to burger world and she reminds him that she's a vegetarian. So he's like, that's why we would park at burger world and then walk over to the IHOS. uh, I thought IHOS was so funny. I thought that was such a funny joke. International house of salads. IHOS. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) shit. (laughs) <laughs> um, but with that uh something is like okay it's a date and once she says that Corey realizes what he signed up for he's like a date uh i did not think this through oh man this is such like a standard commitment issues thing. oh yeah right? like, oh you're adding labels to this i'm uncomfortable <laughs> 
Uh, so the next scene, speaking of it, which is kind of funny how quickly this through the grapevine thing works. Amy and Alan are in the kitchen and Amy's like very smug and happy. And Alan's like, what do you know that I don't? And she says nothing. And he's like, all right, which kid is it? It's Corey. He goes, well, she, he's too young to steal candy. Sorry, too old to steal candy and too young to wreck the car. And that's when he realizes that it's a girl. Yeah, and Amy is really excited for Corey. Um, and I just thought this was really interesting because Corey is 12. Uh-huh. And the only reason I say that this, I kind of bring this up is just so we can look for it later on, is that I believe that when Morgan starts dating, they make a big deal about her being too young. But I believe at the time she starts dating, she's older than Corey is now. So it's just something to look out for. Well, yeah. I mean, I was going to say that there's a lot to unpack with this because when Amy is excited for Corey, I think of it as the fact that one of the things that we know that Amy and Eric bond over is his dating life. And as of right now, Corey is yeah. very much Alan's kid. You know, they, they have the yeah, baseball, that's a they good have point. the bonding thing, but she's excited because now that they're going to be talking about girls, Corey... something they can bond over. Exactly. I don't like Alan at all in the scene, by the way. Yeah, I was like, I don't get this. It's again, in my mind... I give it a pass for being like 90s machismo dialogue. But it's just it's so weird that Alan's like blatantly like dating ruins your life. And he says he was like, the only reason why I got through the whole dating thing was I was knowing one day I'd be married and I'd be calling the shots. And it, it just says a lot about how Alan thinks. Yeah, and just that whole idea, just like, you know, when I get married, I'll be calling the shots because I'll be the husband. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're right. It's it's 1994 at this point. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a weird, do, it's a very weird thing to say, but at the exact same time, I'm just not surprised. That- well, Amy shuts it down immediately. I think it is set to set up the joke that Amy says, uh, like, oh, I'm so sorry that didn't work out for you. Exactly. Um, but it's also just like the Alan's viewpoint on Corey dating at all is just like he's not happy about it he just completely complains and says it's like the dumbest thing yeah and i just um i i just don't understand why he seems so against it because like amy says like hey Corey is really excited for this like he's he, he like she makes it seem like he is yeah. um and Alan just doesn't seem to be supportive at all at, at this for Corey. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. It's a lot of Alan projecting, as we know. He- well, he also points out the fact that Corey is always teasing Topanga as if like, a, what, Topanga? He's always teasing her. And then they just like, oh, yeah, well, that's a thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you ever tease someone or did you ever get teased by someone who liked you? Oh, my God. So <laughs> if we want to talk about learning <laughs> things the wrong way, first of all, uh, as a secretly or unknown gay dude who mostly hooked up with straight dudes up until, I don't know, four years ago. Um, and I'm 36. I'm oh, sorry. I'm 30. <laughs> so 26. Uh I, for the longest time, thought that people being mean to you meant that they liked you because that was how it happened. Anyone who would directly tease me or bother me or anything like that almost always would hit me up to talk to me later. Yeah, I I think this is a pretty accurate assumption. Um, 
and it's something I've, I've experienced as well, mostly when I was younger. Um, and when I say like, cause teasing like that, yeah. that whole bratty poking you with like their finger, that whole, like calling you names on the recess, you know, that whole aspect of it. Um, I always thought that was a really cute thing. When well, I was see, a kid. It's not, I think, um, if you've ever seen the movie, he's just not that into you, which I love. Um, there's this episode, sorry, it, begins with this little girl in the playground and this boy like pushes her or like does something uh playful to tease her and um she runs to her mom crying and her mom's like oh no sweetie that means he likes you and she goes there that right there is how it all starts we are taught that when someone yeah, that is, is true. mean to you and when someone disrespects you that that is just their way of flirting with you and that is a terrible terrible thing yeah, you know that girl I went on that date with to see Titanic? Yeah. Um, she used to tease me all the time. She actually kicked me really hard in the nuts <laughs> one time. Um, and I, despite that, went out with her. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. Mean, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we want to talk about childhood um, crushes and all this other stuff, that was a very big problem for me. I would get bullied and like pushed off the swings or like all this other stuff getting into trouble by people who later on I told you found out I, I found out had crushes on me. Um which definitely does mess with your head. You're like, oh so anyone who's an asshole, they just like me. And that's just it just So this is where it starts. <laughs> yeah, wow. exactly. So nip that in the bud. Um and if you haven't already learned that lesson, yeah, someone being mean to you is not uh, a good sign of affection. If you don't know, then now you know. <laughs> so anyway, with this, Corey comes in. And what I really like about this is uh, Amy's like, hey, Corey, I think this is great. And Alan's like, I think this is stupid without giving any. Yeah, context. just being super just like, like, again, if he thinks that Corey's excited about this, why would he outright be like, hey, you're making a really stupid decision right now? Like, that just seems super unsupportive. And just I didn't like Alan at all. The machismo, the weird, like, uh, uh, not being supportive to Corey at this moment that is supposed to be a big moment for him. I just I thought he was really just. Well, I will uh, refer to the self-centered white man note that I made earlier about Corey. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. So, uh, Corey, what I do like about this is Corey pauses. And he goes, before I shoot myself in the foot, what stupid thing are you guys talking about? And I, was like, I thought that, that was really funny. Smart. That is a really smart way to go about it. <laughs> uh, but then that, they bring up that his date with Topanga. Um, and he this is when he points out that, you know, the hormonal telegram just had an effect on everyone and he doesn't understand what's going on. Um and they're like, yeah, well, you never asked out a girl before. And he goes, yeah, well, neither did Sean. And that's when it dawns on Amy. She's like, did you ask Topanga out just because Sean also asked a girl out? Um, and then Corey, this is where we get it. Corey's like, uh, how did she know that? And Alan says, it's the sorority of Satan. <laughs> Yeah, was that like another like weird like yeah yeah it's, women thing yeah, like it's a, a weird women thing? Alan has some problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, I don't know how much can you really like over like like it's, like it was really common to have slaves. Like how much do you <laughs> overlook? You know? No, I'm not disagreeing, but you're you're not wrong. It's a very very similar. Uh, and this is when Alan so. 
Amy says that she doesn't think it's fair to Topanga and that he should tell her. And so Corey agrees and says that. Well, he, he says, he says, she says, honesty is the best policy. And Alan literally lulls. And yeah, he goes and he thinks he's ready to date. And I'm just like, again, it's like a, he's, he's teaching his son all these toxic masculine ideals. And Amy's just kind of like, oh man, we'll be men. Actually, she, uh, I think she expects, because Corey's at this point in time, uh, agreed that telling Topanga is the best, the best thing to do. I mean, his actions don't follow through because when he actually calls Topanga, he kind of chickens out and says he has the flu. But I mean, as far as his parents are concerned, Corey went there to, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, at least he, he understands that like, the premise of the date is not one that he should go through with. And and maybe it's not that reason for him, but I feel like part of Corey understands that this is a fair thing to do. Exactly. Um, which is what makes Corey a, a great character because even though I, we point out that he is selfish and self-centered very often, once he realizes his behavior has been uh, or has effects for other people, he does reconsider often. Yeah, always, always. Mm-hmm. So um, in our next scene, even though Corey has canceled the date, he's kind of playing uh, like sock basketball with the laundry. Um, when there's By the way, when I saw the scene pop up, I got just major feels just because I know like what this means for Corey and Topanga, the scene. <laughs> and so the moment I saw him doing it, I was just I was. I, I had a lot of emotions during this part of the episode. So Corey is playing sock basketball with the laundry and he gets a knock on the door. And that's when it's Topanga. Uh, since he said he was sick and had the flu, she brought him bacha tea. Bacha tea? <laughs> Yo, I just I thought Topanga was like she shows up with tea. She's just mad hip. Like she makes all of these like basic Tiavana bitches like just look so <laughs> like they're jumping on the bandwagon. Like she was there before it was trendy. You know what I mean? She ain't doing it for the gram. No, no. I mean, we talk about this very often. A lot of what makes Topanga and that whole nerdy crowd nerdy and outsiders is such a lifestyle now. Yeah, yeah, totally. They were just uh, hip to it. And just people like as, as a society, we were like, oh, yeah, you are right about like being healthy and being active and being woke and being sensitive and all these other things. Exactly. So um, while she's talking about the, the tea and just basically trying to see what's going on with Corey at first, he kind of pretends like he's still six, but then he just kind of comes clean and, and says that, you know, I, I just didn't want to go on the date and um, I'm sorry, but you know, it's, it's canceled. Well, he does what he does is he he like he uh, she offers him the tea and he smells it and says it smells like a bunch of gym socks. Yeah, because it was, I thought bacha, was really funny. Bunch of tea. Um, well, what I I didn't like Topanga apologizing like she does this thing where she goes like she's like, so sorry, I was just trying to make you feel better and kind of pouts a little bit. Yeah. And I just didn't it just seemed like false vulnerability and not something I would expect from a character like she brought Corey a thoughtful gift and Corey made fun of it. and She apologized. No, nah, son. That's yeah, not. well, I mean, it's again, I think this is one of those things to where it's the negative reinforcement that you don't understand is unhealthy at the time. Like, so she feels and also it's a known fact that women apologize uh, more for things that they shouldn't. But she when he makes fun of the tea that she brought, she feels she just 
feels bad. And she's like, I was just trying to help, uh, especially since you said you were sick. And that's when Corey's like, uh, look, I'm, I'm not sick. And I lied because I just wasn't ready to go on this date. Um, and she she seems understanding. But what I do like is right before she's headed towards the door and right before she decides to stop and you see this like idea pawn on her face. Yeah, I wrote the same damn note about this. <laughs> I was like, it looks like she's she's at the door and she's like, hold up, I'm about to trap this fool. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, in, in a way. I mean, I don't like trap as the, the word to use, but she definitely, she doesn't, she doesn't not necessarily take no for an answer, but she's like, all right, in my mind, it's like, a, well, what if we rephrase this? Because well, what she apparently she was still looking forward to hanging out with Corey, which I think is important. No, she has a big old giant fat crush on Corey. She knew that he wasn't sick when she came there. She didn't <laughs> give a shit about the tea. She did all of that, like that whole, like, I was just trying to make you feel better. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, nah, she's trying to, she's trying to, she's playing games with this kid. Like she's, she's got moves. She's See, got I moves would on disagree, deck. but uh, she did get her telegram a little bit earlier. So, <laughs> well, it's interesting because like right before, like w- the idea that pawns on her is to start asking Corey, you know, why are there socks all over the floor and start talking to him about basketball she's finding similar interest with yep, Corey. She no doubt interest. something she might have read in this month's issue of Ooh, perky nice. is she a perky is, does she have a subscription to perky she may have a perky subscription so that's when it. you think of topanga think of perky <laughs> don't please don't do this <laughs> <laughs> so she asked him um if she could ask a personal question and i like it because Corey kind of even has this look like a, is this a trap you know, it's like, a, can I ask you a personal question? And he's, Corey just has like this look in his eyes, like, okay. Uh, and then she asked about the socks all over the floor and he gets really excited because he explains that he was playing sock basketball while doing the laundry. Uh, and he even agrees to teach Topanga how to play it. Because she she does this little thing where she does uh, flatter him. She's like, I could never be as athletic as you are. And yeah, I, I admire it, your athletic ability. She's, oh, she's blowing so much smoke yeah, up. She's ass. doing it. She's doing it. Uh, so I do love the fact that they go and they're uh, they go to the laundry and he's going to teach her how to play it. And she pulls up his little like Spider-Man underwear. And it's all Ninja I- Turtle. It's Ninja- I know that it was Ninja Turtle because I also had Ninja Turtle tidy whities when I was a child. <laughs> but it's like, hey, it's a really big, funny moment of comic relief uh, that Corey plays really well by just tossing them. <laughs> he's like, and they're gone. But also all I could think of was underpants i thought the same thing i said it as soon as you did i was like underpants exactly oh ben, ben um, which, savage I, you, I stand by it you and your brother are national treasure like I'm, I'm afraid nicholas cage is gonna kidnap you both <laughs> <laughs> so um he he is explaining how the rules work with it when it comes to uh sock basketball and he, he tells topanga it's all about the hype and so he does like this little court game and he does an amazing color commentary where you really just see ben just being so energetic and funny like and we've seen him do this before with the basketball when he was uh pretending to have made the team yeah yeah it's just it's just it um i just think uh there's moments where Corey or or ben i should i just i feel like there's there's moments where i see ben and Corey. yeah whenever Corey gets really excited i feel like that's 
Ben. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he asked Topanga do it, uh, and he says he's going to be her commentary, and she's a lot less animated, but she does, you know, make it's it. It's so funny. She stays completely still <laughs> while this kid gives the most crazy color commentary and literally walks over and gently puts the sock into the basket. But, I mean, again, according to the rules, she she did it. So they high-five, and it's really funny because with this high-five – there's like a spark and you see well well no well here's the thing before even the high five um Corey's like all right let's do it and we're gonna play i'm gonna play defense this time and the moment they were like gonna do the defense thing i was like yo this cuteness is getting real off the charts at this point and then when she goes and she she like she scores on him she throws the uh, sock over his head and she makes it and uh, i was like all right this cuteness is getting to a, an overload point That's when they high five and Corey starts to giggle the same way Sean giggled earlier. And that's when I was like, you know what? I can't take this cuteness right now. It's too much for me. I, what I really loved about it is he starts to giggle like Sean and he immediately covers his mouth. He's like, Oh, (laughs) he realizes that like, uh, it's escaped him. And he, he kind of, you can see he wants to go back, but it's already done. You know what I mean? Well, and it's, it's funny too. Well, yeah, Tavanga has this great line uh, where she's like, oh, it's nice that you help your father with the laundry. Yeah. And I was like, girl, you better stay woke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, yeah, she says, help your father with the laundry, showing how things are in her household. (laughs) And um, that gets the conversation going about Mother's Day gifts. And Corey says, yeah, we're really cutting edge in this house. My mom does most of the laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, I also, um, that's where Topanga's like, well, you know, we don't do Mother's Day because of commercialism. And I was like, girl, if you just keep on keeping on, like, I, I can't with you today. Yeah. I mean, again, I, like what, what I love about it is uh, she goes, we don't do Mother's Day because of the commercialism of the greeting card company, yada, yada, yada. But she did, his, her mother did request a dust buster. And it's like, a, yeah, <laughs> it just, I wonder too me. if. If Chloe is as hippie as Jebediah is, like, I wonder what's that dynamic at the Lawrence house? You're like, right. is, is Jebediah part, really more hardcore with Jebediah? Him? Yeah. Yeah. And so it seems like the fact that her mother asked for a, a conventional gift for this holiday that apparently they don't celebrate makes me think that maybe she's not as into this lifestyle as Jebediah is, which maybe allows Topanga to be more like her mom. Hmm. I mean, I mean, that's very interesting. I mean, we, we can definitely track that. It's, we're all about the fan theories here, so why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the parents so what, ended up divorcing, so apparently shit's not that great in paradise. All right, spoiler, McGee. All right, all right. We could cut it. We could cut it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Topanga and Corey, while they're talking about the Mother's Day's gift, as we said, Corey's like, he doesn't really know what to get his mom. And she just says, Topanga's like, you know, get her something from the heart. Um, and it's a really cute ending to this scene. Well, it kind of implies that, you know, they, they have shared interest outside of uh just this little basketball game well we also we forgot to mention the part where like at one point Corey makes a joke and topanga goes ha 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 you're killing me Corey," and crosses her legs and like leans really back into his arm way. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I literally scream. You know, in the queer eye where Jonathan is like shaking his legs. Screaming? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that was that moment for me. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. That was that moment for me too. When she like laughs and kind of like uh, leans back into his. She arm. says it really adult too. She's like, "Corey, you're killing me," and I was just like, "Oh, girl, you better work." I'm done with you. Uh, no, for me, it was just more of like, as you said, it's cuteness. It's this spark that you see. And you also see that Corey's kind of accidentally put himself in this position of being on a date that he didn't know was a date. See, I didn't get that at all. What I got when I saw Topanga cross her legs and flip her hair and say what she said was that this is what this girl had been planning this entire time. The soup, all of it, it's all been a decoy. She knew what she was. She she set that trap. She set See, that trap I don't for know. I mean, like, I'm not disagreeing with it, but all I'm saying is that Corey, from Corey's perspective, yeah, he still, like, you see that Corey is kind of overwhelmed, not overwhelmed, but, like, taken by surprise with what's going on, but it's still going really well. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, this, the cuteness is just out of control all, overall. So in the next scene, Eric asked Sean how... Um, yeah, Eric asked Sean how his second date went, uh, and Sean is just like, you know, it was probably my last one. And we don't really get any more than that. Then, well, it's a second date slump, is what Eric calls it. And he's yeah, like you know, I've never had a second date slump, but apparently there's a phrase for it. So clearly, it's something that happens. Not only that, I'm just getting that Sean doesn't get a lot of. I mean, sorry, Eric doesn't get a lot of second dates. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Sean also says that he's a 13-year-old burnout. Um, so yeah. Sean's a little bit older than Corey, I guess we're establishing. Yeah. So there you go. It's like – and I think if we if we do want to play it correctly, Sean has – Sean is the one who's always talked about being 13, whereas Corey uh, is – we know. No, 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 no. They've, the episodes have been giving us misinformation. I, I don't think so. Right. I, don't, I mean, you're I, right with the birthday thing. They know they never identify what birthday we're hitting. But well, because they say that they're 12 before their birthday episode and he was 11 at the beginning of the season. So either the birthday episode, like, I know I'm just saying the first time you brought up, I mean, none of this has to go in here. But like the very first time that you brought up the fact that they were 13 is when Corey says something to Sean about being 13. I don't I don't know about Corey actually saying that he was 13. I just know that there was one episode where he was 12. He had a birthday in the next episode. And then in the following episode, he was also 12. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, Sean thinks that he's a 13-year-old burnout. Um, but at the exact same time, he asked Corey how his date with Topanga went. And uh, that's when Corey's like, uh, what are you talking about? I canceled my date. I didn't have a date. And Eric's like, wait, when I came home, you and Topanga were hanging out and having fun on the couch. Looking real cute on the couch, all cuddled up. Exactly. And then Corey's like, she brought me tea. Uh, and then I taught her how to play, uh, uh, what is it? basketball socks or whatever and then that's when the the guys are like all right so she brought refreshments and you brought a shared activity so uh yeah dude this was a date yeah and then she was they were like oh and we were talking about mother's day and you were like okay shared interest exactly and and so it's also really funny because they're like we have a date and you see this panic in Corey's eye uh because the very next scene being Corey, he runs to topanga he's like hey by the way what happened on friday was not a date because if you remember i canceled what would have been the date 
And I love how she goes, you know, I'm really not into labels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. It's just because Topanga has just this vibe of just like, you know what? Like, if you don't want to call it a date, then it wasn't a date. But like, she knows what yeah, it was. And even with that, he's like, oh, well, if you were to label it, I just wanted to be clear. This wasn't a date. And she's like, well, whatever, that's fine. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but he does uh, commend her on her Mother's Day advice. He's like, you know, I, I did exactly what you said. I gave my mother something from the heart and she cried. Um, and he goes, you know a lot about women. She's like, I, well, I, I'm going to be one. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. She was like, well, I am going to grow up to be one. And she fixes his collar. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I have attention. to mention this. So at the beginning of the scene, because we're, we're back in school for this whole interaction between Corey and Topanga, talking about how it wasn't a date, Corey's collar is slightly popped up on one side. And uh, right before Topanga walks away, she goes over and just very sweetly fixes his collar. And it's it's so damn adorable. Corey's like, nah, screw that. And like pops it back up, waits a second, smiles, and puts it back down. And I literally had to walk out of the room because I was just so overwhelmed with how adorable they were. It's very adorable. And it makes it makes for a very touching Corey moment. Because it's one of those things where it's like he rebels at first, but then he really thinks about what it means that she would even do such a thing. I think this is the very first time we're seeing Corey think of her that way, you know, like like her in a way. Yeah, I, like, yeah, you know, like it's a subtle like I don't think it's as strong. Oh, sure, sure, sure. It's not a crush, yeah, but it's exactly. just like, oh, this is kind of a cool feeling, whatever yeah, exactly. this is. Someone he's comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, someone he can share a meal with or tea, whatever. Exactly. So that's what And then we get the epilogue. Um, an epilogue I really like because it kind of, to me, it answers what would usually be the question, what was the lesson of? Um, and I just want to play a little bit bit of it. Face it, Minkus was right. Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> no matter how you look at it, there's going to be hormones and there's going to be girls. <laughs> Important girls are going to come into our lives and stay for days at a time. <laughs> you know what's cool? We made it through our first dates and we're still best friends. And we're going to stay best friends through second dates, proms, engagements, marriages, Second marriages. Whenever <laughs> comes along, we're going to stand here and face it together. Shoulder to shoulder. Hi, Sean. Hi, Corey. Later. So, yeah, the, like I said, I think that that perfectly summarizes what this episode is about. Not only... Um, that hormones are going to come and these boys are going to go through changes, but uh, the agreement that the boys will do so together. Yeah, and it's just this kind of mutual understanding that they've reached this kind of next phase in their their life where it's just that girls are going to be part of their lives more. Um, it's not – I don't know that we've heard about baseball in like eight episodes. Like it's yeah. just a different – Phase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and we're getting older and we're going to be dealing with more mature things. And I think it's uh, really interesting that they did this episode towards the end of this season because uh, it kind of sets up um, all the things we'll be dealing with next season. Yeah. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, so uh, on that, did you have any other uh, lessons for the Feeny Taught Me? 
Feeny taught me. Um, is Feeny in this episode, by the way? Yeah, remember he's in the beginning. Yes, 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 yes. Um, lessons for the Feeny taught me. I think. Um, I think Amy's lesson of just like, hey, you just have to be honest with with her. I, I think I, I know that wasn't a huge part, but I feel like that was a, a a less subtle takeaway from this episode that I feel probably needs to be highlighted of just being honest and being truthful and presenting your most accurate self whenever you're dealing in a romantic situation. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting to learn. All right, cool. And how about your grade? What grade are you giving us? Um, I'm gonna go with an A minus. Okay, A minus. Is there a reason? Do you ever? Like- yeah, I just I, don't get me wrong. It's a very important episode to the Boy Meets World canon. I honestly feel like, like if I had to pick five episodes from the season just to take with you beyond the season, this would be one of them. Yeah. Um, there was just there was. It's not the most. Um, I don't know. I. I it's it's just not. Uh, uh, the episode itself, like as far as like the story of it, um, I don't know. I just found that it was it was okay. All right, so um, I'm just gonna give it an A minus as well. I um, kind of for the same reasons. I think it's a great episode. It's one of my favorites. I think it does everything well. But there is some fat that could be trimmed, and it's just not yeah. as uh, seamless as it could be. Um, but I and I straight up disliked Alan in this episode. Yeah, Alan was actually kind of the worst. <laughs> yeah, but as I mean, especially in this first season, hopefully Alan gets a little bit better. But Alan is usually the worst part of like the family interactions i mean we get to see him whenever he's struggling no morgan is for sure it's morgan but um, no no i don't i like i think morgan is sometimes cutesy and unnecessary but when it comes to problematic or things that didn't hold as well that's usually alan yeah yeah all right. So anyway, you definitely make sure that you give us your opinions. Uh, thank you for listening to Brummie's World uh, <laughs> and dealing with us with all of our rants on this crazy but lovable episode. Uh, remember, you can find us on Spotify now. Yeah, we have on Spotify, y'all. Uh, I, you're probably listening to this on Spotify for some of you. So exactly. Uh, iTunes or Stitcher. Make sure you leave us a rating. We have a few ratings already and really appreciate Or a question. Loving the questions, guys. Yep. Keep those questions coming. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Bra Meets World or email us those questions at Bra Meets World at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X T R A C E E J T C. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at a braver me. All right. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to dream, try and do good. Always, always dream, try and do good. All right. Later, bros. Later, brah. Later, brah.